Hello out there. We're on the air. It's Rink Moose Talk tonight. The beers are cold. The mics light up. And, and the, the boys, boys get set to fight. The gloves come off. Opinions get thrown. And someone slips on ice. One man howls. The other scowls. But the show must go on. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. You're an announcer with a long stick from time to time. With hockey flows. And Marshawn's nose. And Pierre Maguire's life. Not John's a leaf. Ovechkin's teeth. And Hoffman's crazy wife. When Carey slumps. And Benjamin stumps. Durant's not LaFontaine. Jokes aside, it's podcast time. And Rink Moose is the name. Hello there. Welcome to the Rink Moose podcast, a weekly episodic podcast where two good friends sit down and discuss all things NHL, as well as their implications in the realm of, the fa- of fantasy hockey. I'm one of your hosts, Nick Costia, along with my good pal, Kyle Nice. Kyle, how's it going today? Hey there, Nick. Well, I'll tell you, it's been a bit of a tumultuous day. We've, uh, we've spent all day working on this theme song that you guys just heard. I know it's fantastic, but it, uh, it took quite a bit of blood, sweat, and tears, I I will, uh, I will guarantee. So I uh, hope you enjoyed it, and uh, we will kick things off with uh, a review of the Atlantic Division, starting from the worst teams up to the best. And we're just going to be doing a preview of each of the teams upcoming for the 2018-2019 season. So, so yes, just to be clear, this, this isn't where necessarily we, pr- we predict these teams going. The order we'll be doing this in is simply from where they finished last season. And then at the tail end of our conversation about each team, um, we, we, we will actually predict where we see them going at the tail end of this year. That is correct. Okay, so to start things off, as you probably already know, we have the Buffalo Sabres. Now, last year they were last in the league with 62 dreadful points. Now, they, uh, they didn't have a whole lot going for them, although they do have a, quite a bit of young talent. Last year they were led by Jack Eichel, who played 67 games and scored 64 points. Now, things are a little different this year as we have uh, quite an infuse of talent and uh, also veteran leadership that was brought in via trade and free agency. So, Nick, why don't we go over some of the, uh, the additions that Buffalo made this year? Well, I, th- I think if you, if you begin with additions with the team, I, th- I think you have to talk about that big blockbuster that, uh, that we got in, I believe it was July. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was the Ryan O'Reilly trade right. for... Uh, what I have down here, Patrick Berglund, mm-hmm. Vladimir Sabatka, mm-hmm. Tage Thompson, Correct. a first-round pick, and a second-round pick. Yep. Um, so if, if there's kind of a marquee deal here, I, I think you gotta you got to open up with that. Um, obviously, they're getting a lot of pieces. They're giving away O'Reilly, but they're getting a lot of pieces. Uh, what, what do you think of, these, of this big hodgepodge of, of, mm-hmm. of, of pieces going to Buffalo? Now, I'm actually pleasantly surprised with what Buffalo got in return. Just something inside me told me that they wouldn't get a lot for O'Reilly. I know everyone was everyone knew they were looking to move him. Uh, they got two really good roster players in Berglund and Sabotka. Uh, Berglund actually got 17 goals in only 57 games last year, which he would fit in pretty well in the, in, in the center position. I think I have him slotted in as a third-line center, and Sabotka's a great roster player too. So, yeah, I think... I actually think both teams are really happy because 
St. Louis is getting obviously the centerman they wanted, and Buffalo they uh, they added some depth, not necessarily top end top end talent, but I think they're going to be very pleased with this haul. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. It they needed a, a supporting cast to surround those those marquee talents like Eichel and, and Middlestat. Correct. And 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 and, and, no, and knowing these guys coming from the Blues, these are tough, gritty forwards. Uh, Sabatka and Berglund definitely. Thompson, obviously, his career is just getting going, but he was a, he was one of the more highly touted prospects in the in the Blue system. So I think all in all, these are three guys who can slot into their lineup this year and 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 kind of insulate those uh, those really talented guys we've come to know, like Eichel, Middlestat, and uh, and Reinhardt. Yeah, and I think a lot of a uh, a mistake that rebuilding teams often make is they get all these talented young guys, but they don't insulate them with enough veteran leadership. And I think what this deal does is, even though Buffalo does have a lot of key young guys coming in, they they will have that that older veteran leadership. So I think they're uh, they're set up well to continue the rebuild and really take some strides this year. And, and, and speaking of veteran leadership, the other guy I want to touch on is Carter Hutton. Ah, the goaltender. Yeah, uh, th- this guy and I've I've heard a ton of interviews from him. He arguably has the most character of any goalie in the <laughs> NHL. Just just the way he he handles himself post game and, and 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 in the media. Yeah. And then his numbers on the ice, they're not bad either. 2.09 GAA, 931 save percentage. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, these are these are leading NHL numbers for goalies who played over 30, uh, 30 games last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I don't think he can obviously replicate this. This is you know first first off I think the Blues are a much better defensive team than Buffalo, so those numbers should take a hit, given Buffalo's D. I know they have they have the rookie now Dalene and, mm-hmm. and they got they got Reese Line in, um, Bogosian. And Scandella, who I really like, who came over from Minnesota, but yep. uh, even even with those guys, I, I don't think that's that stacks up with the Blues' defense. And so I do see these numbers regressing. Mm-hmm. Um, with that said, he should still make for a better goalie than their previous goalie. Um, who was that? Robin Leonard. Leonard, yes, yeah. and he's and he's moved on as well. He has moved on. He yeah, he did not have very good numbers last year with Buffalo. So I I think the Carter Hudden move should you know make their goaltending a lot better at least. Until their their rookie uh, goalies can can play, I think uh, was it Olmark is that yes. is that goalie they got coming yeah. up. So so he can at, at the very least buy some time for Olmark to, to to get ready and you know all in all with this new goalie Hudden and these and these veterans on on, on forward we haven't even touched on Connor Sheary. That's an, that's another mm-hmm. addition they made from from Pittsburgh. Um, you know again a, a kind of supporting forward he could play in the top six he obviously played in the top six with Pittsburgh had some success mm-hmm. with Crosby so I think all in all this team has to be better I think in my opinion this is one of the top three most improved teams over the offseason I just want to touch on something you said earlier about Carter Hutton's character just so you ladies and gentlemen know Nick is the St. Louis <laughs> expert of the uh, of the group for sure now, I know Robin Leonard last year and, and previous seasons, he was a bit of a hothead with his teammates. Oftentimes, he's been noted to, to call out teammates in defense. So to bring Carter Hutton in there, definitely a calming veteran presence. Um, it's I think it's just going to do wonders for them. So I think we can both agree that they're improved in goal. They're improved on defense. And uh, why don't we talk about that, uh, that young stud, Rasmus Dahlin? Obviously, Buffalo won the first overall in the draft lottery, but uh, I mean the kid's 18, Nick. I know uh, I know he's kind of a prodigy talent, but 
Where do you have this guy slotting in? Can he can be he be a top two guy in his first year? I I I I I I, I am not buying into this hype. I, I I get all the reports about how talented he is, but I I think just the the position of defense. It's not like a forward where you just you can just jump in and, and score fifty to sixty points. I don't see this. This isn't like Marner or Nylander in their rookie season. Mm-hmm. This is. This is going to be a learning process. He's obviously not playing with the best defenseman a- along with him. Um, so I, I, I think you're going to see definitely some blemishes. I think you're going to, you know, from, from a fantasy perspective, you're going to see a, a, a pretty bad plus minus on mm-hmm. his part. And mm-hmm. there's going to be some learning curves for sure. I think he'll put up some points. But in terms of actually being a, a defenseman who can help the team overall and, and help suppress some goals, I, I think it's going to need, he's going to need some time. Okay, well, I'll, I'll shoot a counter counter uh, point there. Uh, I think um, defensively, I totally I totally see what you're saying. I think he's going to take a, a bit of a long time defensively to catch up to the NHL speed. However, this guy has been noted to be just a fantastic, almost generational type defenseman, offensively for sure. So I see him starting in a sheltered top six defenseman role quickly moving up into a top four role. And I think he has the potential to sneak onto the top power play before the season's done. And I think it's it doesn't happen a lot in the NHL anymore, but Buffalo is one of those teams who could, if they really wanted to roll two defensemen on the top line, because we all know Risto has that uh, wicked shot from the point, And he's been such a uh, staple there. Risto actually got uh, 41 points in 73 games last year. So I do see a lot, a lot of talent on that first uh, first power play, and I think Dolan has uh, has the talent to get on there in his first year. And, and speaking of that first power play, we haven't even touched on arguably their their biggest addition of the offseason. Ah. I know it's a recent one, and I'm Jeff- surprised we didn't touch on this earlier. Yes. It's Jeff Skinner, Mr. Jeffrey Skinner. And and as you just said, if you put those two defensemen on on the points of that first unit, you have Eichel, you have Skinner, and you know the third forward. I don't know. Who, who you can go Reinhardt, you can go mm. Pozo, you can go Middlestat. Yeah, but j- just to, whoever that fifth guy is, just to have those four there. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a pretty good-looking power play. Yeah, and it actually it, it kind of hurts because there's not a lot of there's not a, enough room for everybody there. So what they might do is they might end up balancing out two power play lines that are kind of uh, v- both very dangerous. But uh, I mean, I would love personally to see Skinner and Eichel on on the on the one unit just so they can uh, keep the goalie guessing on who's going to fire that thing because we all know they both have very, very lethal shots. I think Skinner can do uh, can do a lot of damage in Buffalo with all those talented players. Sure, and, and, and just for the record, we'll, we'll be getting into more specifics as to where we see these players going, their, sure. how they stack up in their ADP fantasy-wise, uh, point projections. That'll come in our fantasy sp- uh, special episode. Um, but for now, we're more just talking about the team itself. Um, and, and just to wrap up this conversation with Buffalo, I, I just want to two points from last year, third most goals against average in the NHL, 10th mm-hmm. most shots against the NHL. Ooh. So uh, historically teams just don't, they, they, they don't just improve sporadically in one season yeah. from those numbers. And those mm-hmm. numbers aren't playoff numbers. I think we can both agree on that. That's correct. You yeah. haven't changed the coach. So I don't know systematically what's going to, what's going to be different here. Mm-hmm. So ultimately with all that in, in mind, I think this team misses the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think they do improve. Uh, I, I I have them. I have them here. This is my fifth team in the Atlantic, so I, I see them right. slotting in right behind Florida, 
and, uh, and obviously doing better than Detroit, Montreal, and Ottawa. So that, that's where I see them. They improve, but not necessarily uh, good enough to make the playoffs. Yeah, and we uh, just going off those stats there, it is a lot to ask of Carter Hutton, a guy who doesn't have a lot of experience being a number one goaltender. So I think there's going to be a learning curve for him too, and just in terms of workload even. I know it's, uh, again, it's not St. Louis defense, and uh, he's going to be seeing quite a lot of games. So, yeah, I, I agree. Improvement. Um, they might uh, play some meaningful games midway through the season, but I think uh, the hopes will be lost at around February. Sure. For me, yeah. Okay. Cool. But uh, I, I see them. I see them ahead of a team like the the Rangers, just with that lethal offense. I really do. I can agree with that. Do you want to introduce us to our next team? Yes, the next team is the Ottawa Senators. So, <laughs> last year. The Ottawa Senators missed the playoffs with 67 points. Uh, pretty dismal season. And I might ask you this to start off with, Nick. Is there a bigger tire fire bullshit drama team in the entire NHL? These guys are just a joke. From the owner to the management to the players to the players' wives, Nick. Have we ever seen anything like this in terms of team drama? Honestly, not in a while. And it's we could talk all episode about this. Yes. This team could get its whole episode of just ripping it to shreds. Um, but I agree. You have the off season drama, obviously, with the with the two wives. You have you have the owner who who is you know sounds like he might sell the team. You have you have Carlson who, as of right now, as we record this episode, it's uh, August fourteenth. He he still hasn't decided where he's going. Yeah. Uh, all si- all signs I've heard is that he's, he can't return to Ottawa. It would he just be a, it would be an awkward situation in the dressing room. And, Correct. Yeah. And 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 we're tr- we're two weeks from training camp here. Two to three weeks from training camp. He mm-hmm. still doesn't have a team. So yeah, it's kind of hard to assess this team without Carlson. Yeah, we are on Carlson watch as uh, as we speak, and those uh, those dominoes will fall, I think, sooner rather than later. But uh, an interesting point that I thought of is. I think where things started to go wrong, and it's kind of uh, counterintuitive, I think things started to go wrong when they made the Eastern Finals. They got a lot of hope, probably false hope, and that made them go for the Duchesne deal. And for some reason with this roster, they said, with that Duchesne deal, we're in win-now mode. And as we know, as we've seen, the Duchesne deal has just totally blown up in their face. Absolutely. I think uh, Colorado got away like gangbusters. Nashville got their player in Turris. I it it doesn't even seem likely that Duchesne's going to want to stick resign, around. Yeah. He's he's up he's an upcoming UFA not too long as well. So just nothing going right for the Ottawa Senators recently. Nope. And they're in their their off season. I mean, geez. I mean, you you give Hoffman leaves. I mean, he had to leave with the drama, yeah. but even because of the drama, he. You essentially get nothing back. If, if there's a grand haul, so to speak, of the offseason, it's a man called Mikel Bodker, mm. who I got to know pretty well in San Jose. Yeah. And th- this guy is not a top six forward. I know, I know they're projecting him to be a top six forward and to play there, mm-hmm. but I, I'm not buying it. I've seen him play lots of games. He's he's get he's he's getting older. He's he's his his. He, this is a guy who he's just happy to score 10, 15 goals in a season. Right. And yeah. for top, top six minutes, I, I, I don't think that can cut it. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 uh, 
you, 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 you consider that. And then it seems their kids, whether it be uh, Batherson or uh, Fermentin, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think they're ready to play this year. No. Um, and then other than that, it's really Brady Kachuk, who, mm-hmm. who recently just, just signed. Uh, he agreed he's going to be signing with Ottawa. Yep, we'll see he if he makes his... the team. He'll likely make the team given the competition's not there. I think he will. Yeah. And so you slot him in. You slot Colin White in. Those are kind of your two marquee mm-hmm. uh, prospects. Yep, Colin White being the centerman. So yep. you have the Bodker, Kachuk, a full season of Colin White. Even yep. with those three guys, you subtract Hoffman. This team's... Are, they had a terrible year last year. They might be even worse this year. It's very possible. And another thing that we, we can't ignore is the, the strange Stone contract. So Mark Stone signs a one-year deal. He avoids arbitration. He signs for $7.35 million. Now, that's great, but it, it's a one-year deal. And uh, I don't think this guy's coming back next year. I'm, I, I, won't, uh, I won't sugarcoat it. So then the, uh, the issue then becomes, okay, well, I have to get rid of this guy. We have to trade this guy. I don't think Stone lasts the rest of the season. And then conversely, like we said with Buffalo, they have that veteran leadership to support these young guys. I mean, Ottawa's got a good farm system. You, you mentioned that earlier. They have really good young prospects, but I just don't see who they're going to play with and who they're going to learn from. If, uh, if Duchesne's on his way out, which we think he is, Mark Stone is almost certainly on his way out. They have Bobby Ryan locked up in a horrible contract, and uh, Carlson's on his way out too. So guys like Thomas Shabbat, if Carlson leaves and this guy's now your top offensive defenseman, I mean, it's, it's a lot to ask from the kid. And, and just to add, if I'm not mistaken, with that trade they made with Colorado, if, if because they took the Kachuk draft pick, yes. uh, wherever they place this year, Colorado will get that first-round pick. Is that correct? That's correct. Nick. So, so that kind of just adds, you know, that adds a lot of pressure on this team mm. to finish better than fourth last. Because if you finish worse than fourth last, which, you know, I, we, we both have them very much. They could be in that territory. Yeah. Uh, then they'll look like laughingstocks yet again. Just to add to all this offseason drama, they, they, yeah. they, they will have lost. They will have, like, definitively, terribly lost a trade to Colorado. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that first rounder is going to be the dark cloud that follows them. And it's a great draft. Wherever they it's go. A, it's a it's great a, draft. It's a great draft. And... Uh, I predict these guys bottom five. I don't see how you couldn't. Yeah. And, uh, I got him. I have them last in the Atlantic Division. This this Duchesne trade has cemented Joe Sackick as a great <laughs> general manager. I mean, he was getting he was he was getting chirped quite a bit. He was getting chirped. He waited for his moment. and it pissed us off. You know, we don't like oh, that. Yeah. We like we like instantaneous deals. But yeah. at the end of the day, um, he 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 looked like a genius. And, and he did credit credit where credits due. So. Uh, yeah, I think we agree. No playoffs, maybe last in the Atlantic, and uh, yeah. you know, no the forward, the forwards. They just on on paper, they just look very dusty. If there's a saving <laughs> grace, if there's a saving grace, it's that Thomas Shabbat. Yep. You know, with Carlson's not there, he'll get all these minutes on the top PP. He can develop. <clears throat> we know he's going to be a star. Yeah. You know, he's caught in the future Carlson of this team. I loved him in the World Juniors not too long. Ago. Yeah, he's he's a bona fide top prospect. Yeah. So. Um, that, keep an eye on that, but mm-hmm. ultimately this team is going to have a long season. Yeah, and, and one more hint of positive is Mark Stone. He was he was fantastic for the limited time that he did play last year. He uh, he had 58 games and 62 points in those games. So 
we know Stone can bring it. It's just where's the motivation this year for him? And uh, now everyone kind of thinks Duchesne had a, a poor season all around, but he actually started very slow and he he did pick it up towards the second half of his uh, of his season there. So uh, we'll we'll keep a close eye on these guys. It it is a reason to be optimistic. It'll put some fans in the arena, so to speak. But uh, don't look for this team to do anything this year. It's uh, it's going to be dark times for uh, many years to come. I'm sorry to say, for the Ottawa Senators. But yeah, we'll just we'll we'll leave them at that. We won't kick a dead horse, and we'll move on to the uh, my favorite team in the National Hockey League, the Montreal Canadiens. All right. So last season. The Montreal Canadiens missed the playoffs with 71 points. They were led by Brendan Gallagher with 54 points in 82 games. Galchenyuk had 51. And Drouin, the uh, the saving Quebec francophone yeah, star. So, so, so Kyle revealed some secrets about me, how I'm a big St. Louis fanboy. Yeah. Well, this, this guy is the definition of a Jonathan Drouin fanboy. He, he's been following him since his days in... Uh, in since, university, right? Since, 2014, the first uh, week I met Nick, he asked me, Hey, Kyle, uh, I got this fantasy hockey team. Uh, What do you suggest for pickups here? And I was like, Nick, I know exactly what to do. Here's what you do. You pick up Jonathan Drouin. He's going to light it up. He's going to be the next Gretzky. And uh, don't look back. And now look where we are. (laughs) Lo and behold, he didn't exactly live up. But hey, I'm telling you, this guy, he's coming. He's coming. He just, he, you know, he moved over to center. And it hasn't worked to this it, point. It hasn't it's worked. It's been a disaster. All signs point to him being center again. They're, they're young guys in uh, Kotkaniemi and uh, Ryan, <laughs> Ryan Paling. They're not ready. If, if they are going to be put in the, in the roster, no, they're not ready. But Juran will be center again this year. And uh, I think he's going to handle things a lot better. His face-offs really cleaned up in the second half of the season. So, uh, yeah, M- Montreal season, it was terrible. It was terrible it was, last year. to say the least. That is oh, an understatement. It was terrible. And probably headlined by uh, a guy who's featured in our theme song, Mark, Mark Ber- Bergevin. Bergevin. <laughs> he, yeah, he is, uh, he, is, he is the figurehead of this team. He is not even a player, and yet he's found a way to kind of be the figurehead. He has somehow kept his job despite all everybody. I listen to Montreal radio <laughs> every day. Everyone tears this guy to shreds. Keep the faith. And, and yet he, he is firmly in his GM seat. And mm. uh, I, I, I don't know. I, from what I heard, the owner, he kind of he kind of said, the, okay, you got in this mess. You dig yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, what, what is, what, let's see what, he's, what, he's, what has he done this offseason. So he trades for Max Domi. That's his grand mm. haul. Okay? Mm-hmm. He, he, he trades away Alex Galchenyuk. Yep. And it, it, it's a classic Montreal one-for-one deal. Goes yes. goes back to the to the yeah. Weber Subban trade, almost an annual and just, treat. And just like that one, I think I think they've lost this one. I I, I know time will tell, but Galchenyuk, he he he's shown signs of just being this star who just wants to grow these wings and, and fly away, fly away, and 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 be a, be a perennial thirty goal scorer. And we've, we've seen flashes of that. Yeah. And I, I think he's going to thrive. When we get into our fantasy special, I, I, I really think he's going to be one of those guys you want to get in your draft who might mm-hmm. fall. <clears throat> right. Um, but boy, oh boy, Max Domi, I don't think that's the solution. Uh, he's, he's got a lot of pressure on him. He, I have him right here uh, slotted in first power play. He's centering the first power play unit. 
Um, mm. This this is a guy. Um, I mean, I have his numbers here: fifty-two points in eighty-one games in a rookie season. That is a great rookie season. Fifty-two Fantastic. points. That's, a lot of that's great. A lot of promise. Last year, forty-five points. Mm-hmm. Eighty-two games. That that is not going to cut. It. That it I don't know. What, what step back? That's your third year in the <laughs> NHL, and that is not making any improvements. Mm. Um, not to mention, he has no chemistry with any of these players. You have you have Mac Pacioretty coming oh, off. We don't know that. The worst career. The worst year of his career. And there was drama where he should have been, or he was almost traded to LA. There was there was a story there. So does he does he even want to be there? Do the fans mm-hmm. want him? It's not only does this team look like a mess on the ice, but just mm-hmm. everything surrounding them is just toxic. Yeah. And uh, an interesting little point here: Max Domi's never been known as a goal scorer per se. I, I wouldn't say Jonathan Drouin is known as a goal scorer. These guys are what I would call, you know. No, maybe not elite playmakers yet, but they're they like to dish the puck. Now, there's been a lot of talk for a long time about Max Pacioretty leaving the Montreal Canadiens in some form or another. I think he's probably going to get traded before the end of the season. And uh, again, here here's where the irony comes in: they acquire this playmaker. Playmakers need goal scorers, and uh, with Pacioretty on the outs, like I don't, uh, I'm not seeing a lot of goal scorers on this roster. No, I, I'm, I'm running down the lineups here, and these are top four centers. Duran, number one. <clears throat> Phil Deneau, number two. I can, we can both agree is more of a number three on an on a NHL championship caliber team like he was in Chicago earlier in his career. Mm. Number three, Thomas Blakanek. You, you, you bring him back. Yep. Um, fourth line center, Andrew Shaw. Um, right. And then your, you know, your other forwards are you know, Gallagher and Pacioretty. They may have good years, but then the, the rest of the crop is Domi, Lekkinen, Byron, Sherback, Hudon, and Armia. Right. And the defense, not any better. I, I know Shea Weber recently, uh, There were, the news came out about his surgery, and now he's going to miss the first bulk of the season. Yeah. How long is that until? That should be, it should be about December. December. So, uh, like, call so it, the first call two it months pretty of the much half, half the season. And so, right That's now, looking at their D, your first line defense, this is your top two defensemen, right. are David Schlemko and Jeff Petrie. That mm. is arguably <laughs> the worst top two pairing oh. in the in the NHL, followed by Carl <laughs> Alsner, yeah. who had an awful year last year. He is, he is just a slow, this is the definition of like a, He's a old, old defenseman. He's a slug. Like in the good old days where you needed like shutdown guys who didn't necessarily yeah. move the puck, that's Carl Alsner. Mm-hmm. And then you have Noah Juleson, who yeah. still has not shown glimpses of, you know, what he's been touted to be. Victor Mete, who ah. had that fantastic he had a fantastic start to last season, but you know mm-hmm. his his mistakes started to, you know, started to show as the season went on. And yep. Jordy Ben, who I think is just a mess of a defenseman, I, this guy should not be in the NHL. I liked Jordy Ben in Dallas. He's got just, character. That's it. It just seems that when he came to Montreal, maybe it's the system, maybe it's the coach. I don't know. He kind of fell apart, but uh, yeah, especially especially with Shea Weber being out in the first half of the season, it's hard not to look at this team and think right off. And we all know Carey Price had that awful career worst season. What was it? Might have been you know injuries. It might have been mental. It might have been both. But uh, to think that uh, that Bergervan even wants this team to win this year would be would be kind of calling it crazy. Yeah, no, he wants a tank. He wants a high draft pick. I th- I think he wants he they're they're looking they're looking for the lottery this year. They're looking for the lottery, but it's hard to imagine them being worse than last year. And I don't think they will be, actually. I don't either. I, I think this team, 
they they got ridiculed last year even though Shea Weber will be out you'll have Carey Price who will be better not real Carey Price but he'll be better and that will do wonders in itself uh, I, I think uh, if Domi and Druan can find a little bit of chemistry you could have a potent pair right there um, but uh, I mean Gallagher had a career year last year so I mean the thing about Montreal is they they have quite a young top six but their prospects don't excite me at all. You know I was very upset with the draft. I know they needed a center, but Kotkaniemi, I, I just don't see it uh, working out as as a first-time, like, first-line center. So And, and just to add that, uh, other, other prospects, Nikita Sherback, Noah Juleson, right. Matthew Pekka, who they acquired from Tampa Bay, and Brett L- Lemout. Learnout? Learnout, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know much about him, but... Needless to say, he's, he, I think he's slotted behind those. Yeah. Few. Now, of those you mentioned, Nikita Sherback did impress me at points last year. Sure. He's got he's got skill. Uh, he did get he ran into an injury, I believe, and uh, that shortened the season. But he'll get a, a really no, yeah. hard look. And the numbers don't lie. AHL thirty points in twenty six games. So yeah. Over a point so, per game in the AHL. Correct. Um, yeah. So that that'll be good. And I think I think uh, Victor Mete will take strides this year. He he could see. He could see at the very least second power play unit time for sure, for sure, and I think his point totals will uh, will inflate accordingly. But uh, you know, again, defensively, he's a bit of a question mark. He's a bit small. He's fast though, and that's kind of where the game's going. And I know Montreal's transitioning from a team that used to be very heavy, very slow, into a team that is a little bit skilled, a little bit fast. So we see that with guys like Domi and Mete and Druan. So. You know, hopefully we're going in the right direction, but this season I I don't see it happening for Montreal. Nope. Uh, I I think you know obviously forward wise you're offensively challenged mm-hmm. for sure. Um, you you may very well have the the lowest goals in in the Atlantic Division. It's very um, possible. Very po- it's yeah. possible. Yeah. And then and then the D, like we said, it's it's awfully slow. Not a lot of bright spots there, especially with Weber out for the first two to three months. Uh, and yeah, I think we both see this team falling into the bottom of the Atlantic, maybe yep. sixth, seventh of eight. You know? Yep, that sounds about right. And and for for goodness sakes, uh, keep keep Kotkaniemi out this year. There's no point. I yeah. mean, you're not trying to make the playoffs. Give him another year. Let him develop. He ne- he needs one more year to develop at least at least. Sure. And 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 let's let's not forget their coach. He's a he's a very, you know, he can be tough on these on these young centermen. We saw that with the whole Galchenyuk yeah. chapter. Lots of drama yeah. between Claude Julien and. and and Galchenyuk, and we don't want that happening with with a young Kotkaniemi. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I keep him out of there. Don't 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 have this be another Galchenyuk situation. Yeah, let him develop and see where things go from there. Yeah, if Ottawa, if the Ottawa Senators are the biggest tire fire in the league, Montreal is not too too far behind. Yeah, with the whole Bergevin situation. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Over the last few years, so uh, you know, good good on you for the Canadian teams just representing well. <laughs> And uh, okay, so moving on to the next team here, we have uh, the Detroit Red Wings, mm-hmm. who finished third last in the East, and uh, they missed the playoffs with seventy-three points. Uh, they are led by Dylan Larkin, who took great strides to get sixty-three points. That's sixteen goals in eighty-two games. Um, now this is a team he signed an extension recently too. He did. Yep, yeah. and. Uh, so yeah, Dil- Dylan Larkin looks to lead in the center position this team. This 
Detroit Red Wings team, Nick, is a, is a team that does not excite me in the in the <laughs> slightest. They're in, we know they're in rebuild mode. They do not have even close to the roster to challenge for a playoff spot, especially with all these teams in the East that have improved. I mean, Zetterberg is a huge question mark to even start the season. I know he's dealing with some sort of injuries, and honestly, I think his whole season is in question. So definitely keep that in mind. That's a number one center gone from a team that already wasn't very good. So that isn't the greatest, although I think they did get very, very lucky at the draft this year. They took uh, the Halifax Mooseheads star Philip Zadina with the sixth overall pick, and they were able to scoop up Joe Valeno later in the first round. These guys, uh, Joe Valeno is a guy who definitely won't step in right away, but Philip Zadina, if he'll get all the looks in the world to make this roster as a rookie. And uh, this guy can just fill the net, Nick. I mean, he's not a center, so they're going to still have trouble down the middle, but very, very talented guy. And uh, it's he's a long shot for the Calder, but he can be in the conversation. Sure. And, uh, yeah, I... I, I... I, I'd actually, I'd actually disagree with the draft. I, I think they were going defense. I, I think mm. the whole mindset in that draft was thinking defense, and I still think they should have taken Hughes there with, with their pick before Vancouver. Um, I believe Hughes went fifth overall to Vancouver. Yeah, they they took him right before Detroit. So Hughes wasn't an option. Hughes was not an option. There was, however, a lot a lot of good defensive options still on the board. Right. Like we we still had Dobson. We still had Bouchard. There was still a lot of great options there. And, I mean, yeah, looking at this defense, it, it's it's aging and it's not very impressive. So, yeah, I, I definitely see what you're saying with that for sure. Although, I mean, Zadina was a, was a guy slated to go top three. So No, they, they, they could have taken Quinton Hughes. So Detroit, he went picked, seven? Detroit picked six, Vancouver picked seven. Oh, five, they, five was Hayton. Yep. Yeah, okay, five was From Hayton. Arizona. Wow. So, so they did have the Quinn Hughes option. They also had Adam Boakfist. They also had Evan Bouchard. Plenty yep. of great defensemen. Yeah. But Hughes in particular, I thought they were going that way. But I, I think when they saw Sedina fall, yeah. because originally he was projected to go as high as third overall, uh, I think that kind of threw a curveball right. their way, and you know maybe they made a last-minute. Mm. You know. and, and I don't blame them picking Zadina there, because, again, he was slated to go top three. So uh, I think... In terms of just talent level, uh, they, they probably got what what the scout said was the best player. But did it fill the need they, they really wanted? Probably not. I mean, they, they do have quite a few good young guys in uh, Rasmussen and uh, Svechnikov as well. And that's not uh, Andre Svechnikov, but, uh, but the other guy. And uh, Mantha's developing. So, you know, it's it's not great. It's not great for the next. No, and and the few and the, uh, the offseason acquisitions. You signed Thomas Vanek. Van, yeah, I mean, that's and his he's, second stint in Detroit. But he's yeah. a, he's an aging guy who, who's seemingly rotating between team to team to team. I don't think he's you know a, a key piece to the puzzle here to solve no. to solve this problem. You got Jonathan Bernier, who mm-hmm. he won't even slot in as the starter. You, you know, Jimmy Howard clearly is a starter there. I think Bernier will will be your backup, similar role to what he had in Colorado. Right. Um, you know those. I mean, Zadina, Vanek, Bernier. Those being your t- your big acquisitions of the offseason. I don't think it really you know brings you even close to over the hump. Yeah. Um, none of those guys are defensemen. I'm just going to go off here. And, you know, mm. Jonathan Erickson, Mike Green, Danny DeKaiser, Trevor Daly, Nick Cronwall, Philip Hronick. This is not a. This is not a playoff. Defense. This is no, not even close, and not even close in the pipelines. Yeah. 
if, if you're them, I, I think similar mindset to Montreal. You, you, you would not mind if, if your team does terribly. You get another pick. Mm-hmm. Add to those prospects who you've been, you know, getting over these last few years. They've actually done really well in the draft and, and getting these guys in typical Detroit fashion. So mm-hmm. I think they continue with that trend. They try to, comp- you know, try to field a, a competing team here. But ultimately, I, I see them finishing in that, you know, that kind of that group in that bottom, like Ottawa, Montreal, Detroit, sure. six, seven, eight in the Atlantic. You can mix match those however sure. you want. But yep. I see that that being the case. They'll be in the lo- in the running for the lottery. Yep, I agree. So moving on from the lovely now things get interesting. Detroit Red Wings. Oh, they get very interesting, Nick. Okay, so the next team is the Florida Panthers. Now, last season, they missed the playoffs just barely with 96 points. Now, on an average year, 96 points gets you in. It just so happens that uh, they missed off by one point this year. So they're led by a great one-two punch at center with Barkov and Trocek. They also have very talented left winger in Huberdeau. Dadanov is a young guy who had a great season last year, and Yandel had a very underrated fantastic season with 56 points don't forget about uh that math matheson kid too matheson's a really nice young talent really nice young talent not to mention aaron ekblad who's who can seemingly do it all maybe not high-end uh as high-end offensively as mike matheson but this is a guy that can do it all so there's a lot to look forward to with the florida panthers and uh i think they've added well let's let's start off with the mike hoffman trade Kind of a weird trade. He went to San Jose first, and then he ended up in Florida. And we all know about the uh, the wife thing, and you know all the uh, all the bullshit. But I think this is this team has a good mix of veterans and young guys, where it, it probably won't be a problem. And uh, they're getting a a potential thirty goal scorer on this team. He slots in at the uh, the left wing position. Yeah. No. And I I think they almost. I, whenever you can take advantage of one of those situations, like those off the ice dramatic situations, um, it it can you know this could be a resounding win for Florida. Uh, all they gave San Jose was a second round pick, a fourth round pick, and a fifth round pick. Mm-hmm. I don't see that being too much of an asking price for a guy who can score thirty goals every single year in Hoffman. Yeah. So uh, I, I I like the move. I think he slots in perfectly. You now have two potent lines. You have the Barkov Dadanov Dadanov Huberto line. You have Trocheck Bustad Hoffman. I mean, top six. It, it's hard to find you know a, a better top six in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And I think like Barkov is one of the most underrated guys in the league. This guy is uh, often compared to Patrice Bergeron. He's just a big body with tons and tons of skill. I think as long as this, as long as he stays healthy and he has had injury problems, this team is uh, this team can this team can do some real damage. Yep, and and don't forget Henrik Borgstrom, first round pick in twenty sixteen from Florida. Yep. He's going to be competing for that third line center job. Mm-hmm. So you know he you know third line center. I feel I feel like you know he's he slots in there. He's you're not you know rushing him, putting him in the top six. I feel that's a perfect spot. Yep. Derek McKenzie or four, who I, I like him as well. Um, and then and then you know you. Yeah, we got not even talk. I think they got a guy from the KHL, Bodan Kiselevich. <laughs> Kiselevich. He. A lot of people have been talking about this guy. Is a is a one of the top four defensemen in the KHL last yeah, year. Yeah. So th- this guy was an all star in the KHL. He's known as a two way defenseman. 
And uh, it's very possible he steps into the top four on uh, on Florida. It's perfect. You're not asking too much of him. You have you have your Yandel Ekblad as your one-two mm-hmm. punch. You got your Matheson, yep. and and you can play this guy with Matheson on your second D. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about their forwards being great, but their their defense is nothing to slouch at either. Yes. So they've seemingly well, they they have improved at forward. They've improved on D. And what did they really lose? They they lost Redeem Verbata, who got 14 points in 42 games last season. It's not a huge loss. So the only question mark I have with this team is uh, a nice, a nice right. goaltender named Roberto Luongo, right. who was who was great last year while he was playing. And we all know he's getting up there in age. He's uh, he's not a spring chicken, but uh, he's great when he is playing. I'm just really worried about uh, about his health. And if if he goes down and Reimer's forced to take the reins. It might be what sinks this team out of a playoff. Yeah, that, that, I think I can agree. That's the only question mark. But when when they're on, I mean, mm-hmm. I read a stat. It was like the final month or two of last season. Florida oh, yeah. was one of the best teams in the league. I think they were just mm-hmm. behind Nashville in their record. And and Luongo was one of the best goalies. Who had, in fantasy leagues, anyone who had Luongo at the, that playoff season was really you know reaping benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I think if, you know, he just has to be good enough. He doesn't have to, you know, you, you give him, you know, I don't know, 50 to 55 starts. Don't ask yeah. too much of him. Yep. Um, he gives you that in, in Luongo fashion. I think that's good enough. You have Reimer filling the rest. Don't forget mm-hmm. they added Mike, Michael Hutchison from, yep. from Winnipeg. So, yep, and he'll be you know, ready. He might, he might not play, but he is, he's kind of an insurance policy. Mm-hmm. So at, at sure. the very least, you have an, another NHL goalie who can, you know, come in if, if need be, if one of those two guys go down. Yeah. Um, and like I said, they only have to be good enough. And I think cumulatively, you know, those three goalies are, are good enough. They're good enough. Yeah. And I, Luongo's such a good guy too. I, I wish him the best. I hope he has a good, healthy season this year. And I think, uh, this team can really do some damage. Do you, do you have them in the playoffs, Nick? I do. I, I have them, I have them slotting in as a wild card team. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't think they're, I don't think they're up there with Tampa, Boston Leafs. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. But I think when you compare them to the rest of the East, I, 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 I mean, they are a playoff team. Like you said, they only missed by one point last yep. year. They, they, New Jersey beat them out. I don't right. think New Jersey is the same team as last year. I think they were playing way over their heads. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I see them kind of replacing New Jersey in that playoff mix. And uh, I see them getting in as a wild card team, either the first or second wild card. But I, right. I have them here as the first wild card. So, hmm. um, yeah, and they should be an exciting team to watch. Like when, uh, yeah. when, you, when you have your game center, you're gonna you're gonna fire up a Florida game. You're mm-hmm. gonna have a lot of goals for it, sure. It, it'll, it, they're gonna be a fun team. Yeah, definitely a team to keep an eye on. And uh, yeah, I have them grabbing that second wild card spot in the East, just beating out, as you said, New Jersey. So, yep, definitely a an up and coming team for sure. They got a good young core, and they're gonna be good for a long time. All right. So next, moving on, we have uh, the dreaded. Toronto Maple Leafs. Dreaded. What are you talking <laughs> the infamous, about? The infamous. In, okay, fair. Around the league. Sure. Last season, they finished third in the Atlantic with 105 points, which was a franchise record, Nick. Was it? Uh, I yeah. It was, which yeah. is crazy to think about, given the history of that organization. Such a long history. I know. I, I was very surprised yeah. as well. And uh, they were eliminated in the first round by the Boston Bruins. Seven-game series very good series but uh it seems like they were just missing that key piece Mm -hmm. on defense so last year they were led by mitch marner who had 69 points in 82 games matthews had 63 and 62 again 
bit of an injury question with Matthews there, and then followed by Nylander with 61 in 82. Kadri no slouch either with 55 points. Also, it should be noted that Riley and Gardner got 52 points, which is, for defensemen, considered elite production. There's no, there's no getting around that. And, uh, I mean, the first thing we have to talk about, obviously, is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Who did they, who did they sign in the offseason, Nick? A Greek by the name of John Tavares, who, who made our theme song. He's a up, Greek? He, he's up, yeah, he's, I think he's Greek. I think oh. Tavares is Greek. Anyways. Oh. Interesting. Anyways. He is, he, yeah, he, uh, he is 84 points last year. He's John Tavares. You all know what he's going to put up. Point per game player. Top. He can be your top forward. He, uh, shut, he's a shutdown center. He's a dynamic uh, offensive center. He is, he's John Tavares. He needs no introduction. Uh, Tavares' magical he, he, play. Yeah, Tavares' magical play. You're <laughs> right there. Um, he, this is one of the best centers in the NHL. He's so good. He, he got to meet with, what was it, five or six different teams in a, yep. like a boardroom, and they all yep. had to pitch to him. They all did the dance. This is, yeah, this is a one of those outstanding talents who, who's picked first overall and, mm-hmm. and is going to have a great career. So he will slot in, you know, as their first or second line center. Matthew's obviously the other center. Um you know, I, I found it kind of comedic how Babcock's been so transparent about how he sees these oh, lines going. It's great. He, he, it's so great. He's, he's got Matthews with Nylander and Marlowe. Yep. Uh, the Nylander is no surprise because obviously they have a mm-hmm. they've they're, they've been a duo in the past. The Hyman thing's interesting, kind of separating Hyman from Matthews. Yep. Um, see how that plays out, and then obviously the second line you got Tavares with Marner, who I I believe that was a talking piece in those meetings. I, Correct. I, I yeah. think they kind of pitched the idea to Tavares: if you come here, you'll get to play with Mitch. You'll get Mitch. Arguably, you know our our best uh, playmaker. Playmaker. Yeah. So and then obviously Hyman goes with them, and then third line nothing to slouch at either. Mm-hmm. Nazem Kadri, your center, who on oh. any other team who is your number two, mm-hmm. maybe even um, your number one. Thirty and, goal and, scorer. And he's he's with Andreas Janssen who, for those who aren't Leaf fans, if you don't know this guy, 24 points in 16 playoff games Ooh. in the Calder Cup playoffs. He Ooh. was the MVP, MVP of the Calder Cup playoffs. So not only did he have a great time with the Leafs when he yep. was up there, he, he, was, he, was, he really benefited from, from being, you know, to finish off the season in the AHL. He was a stud. And then Kasperi Kapanen, mm-hmm. who, you know, similar pl- player, dynamic, maybe undersized, but he's got the speed, mm-hmm. something that plays to today's NHL. And, uh, you know, with, with them on your third line, Kadri, Janssen, uh, Kapanen, this, this, is a, this is arguably the best third line in the NHL. I, I wouldn't disagree with it there. Um, and, and then, yeah, your, your fourth line, Connor, all that needs to be said here is Connor Brown's on your fourth line. Ooh. This is a guy who can be in your top six any other team. Mm-hmm. We love Connor Brown. Um, and then whoever you place with him is, really doesn't matter. I know, I know they signed uh, Par Lindholm. Um, Fourth in scoring in the Swedish league last year, so you you have this guy in, mm-hmm. in your fourth line, so that's a lot of depth. Yes. And then Tyler Ennis, you sign, who you know Tyler Ennis, say what you want. I, I see him as a guy, you know, not really firmly in the lineup. Maybe you throw him yeah. in and out. He's gonna battle for a spot. Sure. So uh, yeah, and then and then as you as you mentioned at the very start here, their their only glaring question is their D. Everyone keeps begging this team to acquire a, a top four D who they can just shove in there, mm-hmm. but they haven't done it yet. They, no. they, they, their D as of right now is Riley Hainsey, Gardner Zaitsev, Dermot Carrick. Yeah. And and anytime Dubas talks about this D, and anytime anyone brings up concerns about this D to him, he he, he boosts them. He boosts mm-hmm. them really hard. He says this is an underrated D. 
He thinks they fit today's NHL, puck moving D, fast, you know, can really transport the puck. But I'm not buying it. We we've seen this we've seen this team you know we live in Toronto we've seen this yeah. we've seen this team collapse too many times and uh, on the defensive end highlighted by the Jake Gardner collapse in Game Seven of, of Round One last year correct this is they got to do something here they cannot go the whole year with these six guys Zaitsev mm-hmm. is, is 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 declining since his great first year with the Leafs Hainsey he's not getting any younger mm-hmm. you know, Connor Carrick say what you want about Connor Carrick. Gardner, he's he, he's proven, you know, he can be a liability, as as we just mentioned. Your only two really guys who who I can defend, you know, here who are consistently yep. great are Morgan Riley and, and Travis Dermott. Right. Everyone else, total wild card. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 that's why, all in all, despite Freddie Anderson, who I think is a very underrated goalie, and mm-hmm. I think on a better defensive team could put up Vezina numbers. Yeah. Despite all that. You know, with this D being this glaring question mark, that's why I don't have them in the top end of the Atlantic. I, I see right. them slotting in right where they did last year, third in the Atlantic. And then obviously in that first play, they're going to have to beat Tampa or Boston in that first round. Mm-hmm. And they're going to need some help on defense to, to get any further than last year. Yeah, last year in the playoffs, I mean, Freddie Anderson, I think he's an excellent goalie. I think there was times when he was fantastic, and I think there's times when he was average. Now, unfortunately, with this D... There was times when average just simply wasn't enough to keep the puck out of the net. Uh, as highlighted by Game Seven, when you know two on ones and and what have you. But uh, but yeah, I agree. They uh, they do have a hole on defense, but this this center depth is is amongst the best in the mm-hmm. league. And even though yeah, they they could score their way out of trouble last year. This year, I think there's going to be all sorts of matchup problems for for all for any other team. Right. I mean, the Matthews and the Tavares one-two punch, it's going to be absolutely deadly. I, I couldn't even tell you who I would put my top two defensemen against mm-hmm. today. So, just uh, just a hell of a lot of firepower, and uh, you know, we all know to get that D, someone's going to have to move out, and it might be a rental at the deadline. They'll probably wait and see how the roster looks throughout the season. Uh, to decide whether they want to go with that route or not. But, uh, I mean, they can't afford to lose one of these talented players. Again, they have really good young guys. Andreas Janssen, Kasperi Kapanen, they're no slouches. They can easily fit in a top six role. So it's uh, it's very, very, very exciting, especially, especially for Toronto fans. But there is still wait-and-see aspects of this team. We know they're going to they're gonna do really well this year. But uh, depending on how well they do, will will depend on the D, and then do they get another D at the deadline? So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be something to watch, and uh, I'll I'll be really watching to see if Travis Dermott has uh, has progressed from last year. I really liked his game offensively. Obviously, some uh, some holes on defense here and there, but he's got a lot of potential. I really uh, I really think he can fit into a top four role, perhaps even taking out. Uh, Nikita Zaitsev there, depending on how things go. But they did lose some guys. They lost uh, they lost JVR, and he had uh, he had a ton of goals mm-hmm. last year, and that's gonna that's gonna really hurt the power play in some aspects. And as a net front guy, there's not a whole lot that are better. So I think that's gonna be something to adjust to. I think they can get their power play ticking again, but losing JVR is that's a major piece in the power play. Bozak as the uh, the depth center, I don't think that's gonna hurt them too much. Just again because of the center depth they have, and uh, also Roman Polak, who many Leafs fans are kind of happy riddance. about. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I'm, I'm shocked he found a team. 
I loved Polak. I really did. Why? Just, just a big old. I think brute. he's fun. It's fun watching him on TV. Just a big old elephant. Like on he the always ice. like any zoom ups of Polak looks like he just has to really take a shit, and he, right. he's just really just disturbed. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he's kind of the laughing stock among Leaf fans. Mm-hmm. I'm shocked he found a team. He's actually going to Dallas, who are you know many people say can compete for a playoff spot. So oh, yeah, it'll be so. interesting to see. You know, does does he does he hold that team back? Does he does he no. actually? Is he, I don't know hey, what's going to happen here. I'm rooting for him. Um, I, mean, I remember he took us like a shot right to the forehead once, and I was like, oh, right. man, that's that's a good and, guy. And here's – here. I know those are the subtractions you mentioned, but one addition yeah. we haven't mentioned is the potential of Garrett Sparks. Ooh. I think this this could be huge because you mentioned Very Freddie Anderson yeah. and how he was mad at times. Mm-hmm. He also started a hell of a lot of games. Yeah. If if you if, if if you can subtract how many games he plays, well, how many games do he play? Like high sixties? I think yeah, I believe so. Not seventy. Yeah. No way he played seventy. No high sixties. No. If if you can have Freddie just play like sixty flat, or maybe just even high fifties. Rest today's the guy. rest the guy. Rest the guy. Put Garrett Sparks in. You know McElhenney, He's he's he even had a great year last year, but oh, he, yeah. he's only getting older. Garrett Sparks. Mm-hmm. AHL stats, 31, 9, and 2. Oh. 179 GAA, oh. 936 save oh. percentage. That, oh, my that God. Was, that was best. That was good enough to be named the AHL's best goalie last year. Wow. This guy has, you know, he should be a starter, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's fine. He can start as a backup. They can groom him behind mm-hmm. behind Freddie, and he, he, can, he can play 25 to 30 games yeah. and give Freddie that rest so that come playoffs, mm-hmm. he's not having, you know, any – Awful moments, like in that in, in that series against Boston. Yeah. I think it was that game two game where he was he right. was chased out of the net in the first period. Mm. Um, so so I think he's kind of a dark horse um, guy who can really help this team. Yeah, and I'd love to see that too. Garrett Sparks, you know, someone a lot of us fell in love with on his uh, NHL debut when he posted that shutout. And uh, I just think uh, it's going to be tough. He's going to have to battle McElhaney for it early in the season, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, I, the fact that Freddie Anderson is still the guy and uh, McElhaney's like, he's got the contract and he's, he's up there in age. I think they might have a situation where they do keep McElhaney, but we're going to see Sparks in the NHL this year. Whether he's there to stay for a long time, I'm not sure, but we're going to see him this year. I can guarantee you that because he's, he's a young guy and I mean, the sky's the limit for this kid. He, he absolutely ripped up the AHL. So yeah, that's uh, another thing to watch for, for sure. So uh, uh, where do where do you see this team slotting in the standings? Do you agree with me? They're they're behind the Boston and Tampa, or do you think I, they're above? I do not. I have them first in the wow. Atlantic. First. That's in the very Atlantic, bold, ladies and gentlemen. That first. is very bold. Yep. You were shitting on this D, and and now uh, you think with this defense they can finish <laughs> better than Tampa and Boston. That's correct. So you think the scoring will be so overwhelming, the matchup problems will be so overwhelming for these other teams that they will cruise to first in the Atlantic. Now, it's, it's a combination of that, and it's also a combination of, in my mind, Boston losing a bit of, uh, of depth, as well as Tampa Bay kind of resting their, their top guys more down the stretch. They, they, they totally crushed the East last year, and uh, Vasilevsky was quoted to be a little tired. So I kind of picture Tampa Bay as that, as that Washington-type team. They don't have to come first in the division. They just have to do really well throughout the regular season and kind of maybe go in as an underdog, and I think they have a better chance that way. I'm not saying they're going to lose on purpose. I'm just saying that uh, things are going to be more relaxed in the regular season for Tampa Bay. 
And uh, yeah, so I have Toronto as first in the Atlantic. Center depth will destroy all. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. Yeah? I think that's, yeah, that's our first point of disagreement here. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk, get more into this when we talk about Boston and Tampa coming up here. Yeah, but, uh, for sure. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised to say the least. Mm-hmm. And speaking of which, Boston is our next team. The Boston Bruins, who last season finished second in the Atlantic with a whopping 112 points. They, are, they were eliminated, eliminated in the second round by Tampa Bay, led by just a crazy season from Marshawn, 85 points in 68 games. Probably one of the best points per game in the NHL at that point. Pasternak had 80 and 82, and Bergeron more injury trouble with 63 in 64. Now, not to be outdone, they have Krug with 59 points in 76 games, which is very impressive for a defenseman. And a young guy, Danton Heinen, with 47 and 77. Very impressive as well. So, now I, I kind of stated earlier that I, I wasn't impressed with their offseason. Yeah, let's get into with, that. With what they lost. Now, Obviously, they lost Rick Nash, and believe it or not, that's not even where I start to worry. No, he was he was an old man, so I don't I don't even he, think he that's was an much older of guy. a subtract. He was awful when he came over. Oh, that was an awful acquisition. They they actually no, I, sure I, I, he didn't, I, I he didn't do was, anything in the playoffs. Yeah, well, he had, he did shit all in the playoffs. That's fair, but and they gave up pieces for him. They had to give the Rangers picks, prospects. That was not a good deal for Boston. As much as it wasn't a good deal, I think in hindsight. Uh, as a as a a management decision at the time, I I don't think uh, anyone was looking at that as a poor move as they were going at the time. Yeah. yeah, I'm just saying. For sure. You know, Monday morning quarterback as as we sit here today, seeing sure. what happened. Sure. Maybe wasn't the best move. But uh, the, here's where I start to to get a little shaky on the Bruins. They lost Riley Nash, mm-hmm. who I liked was him, yeah. uh, who was just just a fantastic guy down Filled the Filled in admirably when uh, Bergeron yeah. went down. I, I believe he went point per game when Bergeron went down. And, uh, good I, waiver I, wire pickup at the time. Really good, yeah. And I think he's off to Columbus yeah. now. Yeah, third line center mistaken. in Columbus. Yeah, and then uh, they they lost guys like, you know, Tim Schaller, Anton Kadobin, and Nick Holden, which, uh, you know, none, none of those really jump off the page. I just think that Riley Nash move is, uh, is going to take them not all the way down, but it's going to probably put them down at least one um, – Standing spot, in my opinion, I think Riley Nash was uh, was a really well, I, key piece. Down I, I'll say that I think he was expendable because they had they had prospects who still hadn't come to the NHL. One of those guys, and I don't think you're you're very well versed on this fellow, but his name is they call him JFK, Jakob Forsbacka Carlson. Oh. This guy's one of their better forward prospects, and and he's gonna right now it looks like he's gonna slot into that three center spot, which I think he'll be he'll be fine for. He, mm. He's a he's a two way center. He can play two way center really well, you know. As long as Bergeron and Crazy stay healthy, and you keep that historic one two punch that they've had for mm-hmm. seemingly like a decade now, it seemed. Yeah. Um, if you slot him three, don't ask much from him, and then you know anybody could play that fourth line role. Um, I still think this team is great, and and defensively, they imp- this defense looks fantastic. They had John Moore. You know, you can you can have you can debate about you know the contract five years thirteen point seven five million that he signed, mm-hmm. but this was a guy twenty minute a game twenty minute a game defenseman for New Jersey last year. This guy was like a top four defenseman for New Jersey. He's going to slot in as a bottom two defenseman bottom for them. Two, yeah. So you're going to keep that Chara McAvoy very potent unit that mm-hmm. you know really shut down the Leafs in that playoff series last year. 
You're gonna have Tory Krug, you know, he's, he's gonna lead that first power rate, presumably. You know, McAvoy might jump in, but he's one of the better offensive forwards in the Atlantic division, or sorry, mm -hmm. defenseman. Mm -hmm. Brandon Carlo, John Moore, and Kevin Miller. Kevin Miller, one of the most improved players of, 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 of last year. If you, if you had like a most improved award to give out, Kevin Miller. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very high on him. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that defense is very stout, arguably the best in the Atlantic. And then your, your goalie situation, you, you know, Tuka Rask. I mean, Tuka Rask, Tuka Rask. He's not a sexy name. I mean, mm -hmm. I think his better days are behind him when he was, you know, putting up excellent numbers to when, you know, when Claude Julian was still the coach in, in, in Boston. But you bring in Yaro Halak. He's not asked to be a starter anymore. He just comes in to play his, you know, 25, 30 games. Mm -hmm. Let Rask get some rest. Let him, similar to that, you know, Sparks slash McElhenney uh, Anderson situation. Right. So I think from the defense standpoint, uh, standpoint they're amazing. From the goalie standpoint, they're more than good enough. And and I think you know you might you might be a little too hard on them from this just from this forward perspective. I I, mm. I think this team is they'll be just fine. And uh, I I see them finishing ahead of the Leafs in the Atlantic. I, I have them slotted second in the Atlantic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just I guess, I guess for me it's just I mean I look at the uh, the Nash loss as kind of offsetting to the more acquisition. So I, I don't see them as a team who's really on paper improved a whole lot. Maybe their young guys do develop, but I look at it like, I look we haven't at even talked about Ryan Donato. Oh, Jake DeBrusque too. Yes. This, 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 <laughs> this team, these kids are coming and they're, they're, coming. they're, they're going to develop and they're going to be good. And DeBrusque was excellent in that, in that leaf series. DeBrusque he has, he yeah. killed the Leafs. Leaf fans should hate this guy. Hmm. <laughs> And uh, and yeah, I and I, and and speaking of those young kids, and I, you know, obviously, like we said from the top, we don't want to get into fantasy too much right mm -hmm. now. But I'm looking at their first power play: Bergeron, yeah. Marshawn, Pasternak. You roll those three guys out there: mm -hmm. Troy Kruger, McAvoy on the point. I think the golden question from a fantasy perspective: Who who's played? Who's who's that fifth guy? <clears throat> yeah. Right, do you put Dan, Do you put Donato? Do you put uh, Danton Heinen? Do you put DeBrusque? Mm -hmm. Um Lots of options. Whoever yeah. that fifth guy is, and you know maybe they'll rotate around. But if there is a legit, you know, solidified fifth guy there, his fantasy stock is going to go very high. For sure, and it might be a revolving door for that guy to kind of you know experimenting and see see who sticks. So definitely something to keep an eye on for sure. sure. So uh, I, I assume you have them third. I don't have them making the playoffs. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> Yeah, I have them making the playoffs. I, I have them third in the Atlantic. Okay. Yeah. So you have a so you have Tampa going against them in the first round. Yeah, I think I think Toronto has improved uh, just uh, just that much more to push them to push them over Boston. Okay. That's so I think yeah, Boston definitely still very very solidly top three yeah. in the Atlantic. And again, that that debate with who the top three are, I think it's similar to like the bottom three of the Atlantic sure. between Ottawa, Montreal, Detroit. Yeah, it can, can really go. It can really swap. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that'll, I mean, obviously if you come first, huge advantage because you'll get to play either Florida oh, or the other wildcard team. Massive. Uh, call, call it a guarantee out of the first round. That's what I call it. Yeah. Because I, I think one of the reasons Tampa beat Boston in that second round series, because the Leafs took, you know, beat, they beat the living hell out of Boston. It was like a, a really heavyweight yeah. boxing match that first round. Yeah. And, and that's why Tampa with less, less bruises in that, you know, short New Jersey series. Oh yeah. They, they, they it, it would be huge to come first in the Atlantic. I, I don't think that, that that can't be understated here. Mm. So uh, just wanted to throw that out there. Sure. Yeah. 
So he had three excellent teams at the top of the Atlantic. The third one is the Tampa Bay Lightning, as we've mentioned. Mm -hmm. So last season, they did finish number one in the Atlantic with just one point over Boston at 113. They were eliminated by Washington in the Eastern Conference Finals. They're led by a man named Nikita Kucherov with 100 points in 80 games, followed by Stamkos and uh, the underrated Braden Point with 66 Mm -hmm. points in 82 games. Not to mention Yanni Gord with a very surprising 64 in 82 games. Of course, Hedman put up his usual dazzling 63 in 77. Yeah. So these guys... He won the... Uh, he won the... Norris. Yeah. Yeah, good for him. So these guys are loaded offensively. Like, I, you look at these numbers and, I mean, it's hard to beat them uh, Beat them offensively. They have, they've got a little bit of everything. Really good on defense. Uh, really, really deep. Really deep on forward. And, I think uh, I think they're the most complete team in the NHL. And they didn't lose a whole lot either. This is a very similar roster to last year. Yeah. They added Andy Andreoff, which is a depth forward. I like him a lot. As yeah, I sit really. here, as tell, I sit here wearing him. my LA Kings cap oh, and my LA Kings sweater. Here we this, go. This guy this guy was a really good, you know, two way forward. He brings size to to a Tampa team who many people said was undersized for all the speed they have. Right. Hopefully all the young speed. I think he's gonna fit in great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right on that fourth line, can really uh, you know protect other guys. Um, great addition for them. And then, like you said, not many subtract subtractions here. Chris no. Kunitz leaves. He's an older guy. He's, he's getting slow. Yep. Uh, he he went off to Chicago. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what they're up to. Schuster, uh-huh. seventh defenseman, in and out of the lineup. Again, big mm-hmm. slow. Throw him out. Yep. And then Peter Budai, who I think shouldn't even be in the NHL. Oh come on. So I don't even know what I don't know who he's with right now. I don't even think he has a job. I... He might be a UFA. He got he got beat out by Louis Louis Domingue. Louis Domingue from Phoenix beat him out for that backup spot. So, you know he's gone. He's he's expendable. So, they they did not lose much. They had a great player in in, in Andy Andrioff, and uh, they're only gonna. I mean they're gonna have Adam Ernie for the whole year, who came at the tail end of last year. Mm -hmm. He's he's another you know helpful scoring guy. Feisty young. He's like a Yanni Gord. Yeah. Maybe not as good as Yanni Gord because he went nuts last year. He, he compiled yeah. over 60 points. And then uh, I read about this other guy, Alexander Volkov. Mm. He led Syracuse in goals last year, 23. Um, he's only an addition. He may yeah. not play every day, but right. he's yeah. there if you want to deploy him. Another young guy coming in that, well, is going to challenge for a roster spot is Anthony Sorelli. He's, uh, oh, yeah. he's a guy play. that he's, he can play center. He can play wing. Yeah. He can kind of fit in wherever they, wherever they need him. So now knowing the Tampa Bay Lightning, I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised if he spends some time in the AHL and they kind of call him up when they need him later on in the season. But uh, Right another, now, I, I have him here slotted as my third center. Yeah, it's very possible. He'll have to have a really good camp to make that uh, third center spot. And I know they, they sometimes like to move Tyler Johnson to a wing, mm. but we all know that he can play center along with Point mm-hmm. and, and Paquette even. So, yeah, they're looking really good. The only thing that kind of was a black mark on their season last year was they were the one of the worst penalty yeah. kill teams in the league. Yep. A surprising 28th for this team. Uh, I, I, don't know how you, uh, I don't know how you really explain that. If you want to look at coaching. coaching. Yeah, coaching. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, that guy. Yeah, for those of you who know, Kyle revealed his whole you know love for Duran earlier in the podcast. Yeah. But boy, oh boy, if there's a most hated just – personality in the NHL it might be Johnny Cooper John Cooper who buried my boy for years 
made him request a trade, made him look like a goof in front of everybody. Yeah, I don't like this guy. I, I agree. And uh, PK is usually something, you know, that's more of a coaching thing. Yeah. So this guy, he might mm-hmm. just not be coaching. He might just be there with his arms crossed, deploying yeah. skilled forwards. <laughs> Let him do the work. And he's not doing anything. Yeah. Just he's just saying words like a lawyer, like oh, a man. like a sneaky lawyer. Yeah. So uh, I uh, yeah, twenty eighth in the PK, seventy six percent. So they're scoring mm. on this team every quarter of the time. Yeah. Um, they, that needs to improve. I, I know mm-hmm. they made some uh, changes with their uh, with their with their assistants. They let go of, of one of their assistants, brought another guy in. Maybe that does something. Yeah. Um, but. Needless to say, that has to improve because a, a trend you see in this league is oftentimes the teams with the best combined power play percentage and PK percentage are the teams doing the best in the league. Mm-hmm. Tampa was an anomaly last year, but we'll see if that can hold up this year. Yeah. Now, after their performance uh, in against Washington mm-hmm. in the playoffs, do you think Cooper's on the hot seat or do you think he's got a little bit more room than we think? Uh, I, I think he's got more room than we think. I yeah. think him and the Iserman have a very strong relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I don't think he's on the hot seat. Obviously, if they like missed the playoffs this year, which you know I don't see oh, happening. I don't boy. see many people happening. He'll Maybe obviously yeah. He'll, oh, he'll get year. cut. He'll get cut. But I don't see that yeah. happening. I, I think he's he's just fine. As much as we don't like the guy, I, I think he's comfy, cozy uh, there in the in, in the coaching seat. And uh, like I said, I, I have this team finishing first in the Atlantic. I, mm-hmm. Like I said, most complete team in the NHL, top to bottom. Vasil- yeah. We haven't even talked about Vasilevsky. This I, I saw him. I saw. I, I went to Game Five of the series with New Jersey and Tampa live, mm-hmm. and this guy is huge. I I, I could not imagine <laughs> being a forward trying to score on this guy. No. The other guy who I liked, uh, Sergeyev, very yeah. very talented guy. I think he can yeah. be a fantasy sleeper. He can slot into that you know second mm-hmm. defense spot. He put up forty points last year as a defenseman in his first year, very which is very impressive. Very so, impressive. I, I, I really like him. He's very skilled, very savvy with the puck. Mm-hmm. Um, Likely a good fit for that second power play, Nick? For sure. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and other guys. I mean, again, we're not getting too much into fantasy here, but with this team from a fantasy perspective, I, I don't necessarily, you know, you're going to invest high picks in the, in the, in the, in the Stamkoses and the Kucherovs. Kucherov, yeah. But if you get those other guys who fall, mm-hmm. Yanni Gord, JT Miller, who I love this year. He's one of my, he's mm-hmm. one of my breakouts. He was a point-per-game player in the playoffs, which is just amazing. Wow. Yeah. Uh, or at the tail end of last season, we got traded from New York. Yeah. Braden Point. Oh, Palat. He was injured for most of last player. year. He's usually a top six guy for this guy. He can put up 60. Yeah. Uh, and then Sergeyev. I would target these guys in drafts. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they can, you know, they'll, they'll play with the Stamkoses and the Kucherovs. They'll be the beneficiaries of playing with them. Yeah. And uh, you'll be rewarded. Yeah. So definitely a very impressive roster. Just one of the best, fan, like all around fantasy teams, yeah. like players to own. Mm-hmm. This team, mm-hmm. and you like got I the said, top end skill, the mid end yeah. skill that's underrated too. Absolutely. These guys don't get talked about a lot. Actually, Yanni Gord actually spent some time in the ECHL coming up too. He was uh, slated as an undersized mm-hmm. guy. They uh, they didn't want him in the AHL, so they went through the ECHL, ripped it up, and then you know the rest is history. So. Yeah, this team's definitely a team to watch. Definitely a cup contender. Again, I have them uh, second in the second. Atlantic. Sure. And uh, I guess that kind of wraps it up for the Atlantic. That does. We yeah. will uh, we will be talking about the Metropolitan Division in our next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, following that, we'll get into the other divisions. The uh, Out West, yeah. Out West. And then, of course, like we've been mentioning all show, we will have one episode strictly devoted to fantasy. Well, you know, Top 10 posi- uh, players at each position. Positionally, yeah. 
uh, busts, sleepers, uh, breakout stars, who, yep. whose ADP we like, whose ADP we don't like. Um, maybe even touch on how our teams look in our draft, which will be sure. coming up at, at the end of September. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, that, that just about does it for us today. Mm-hmm. We, we hope you enjoyed this first episode of the, the Rink Moose podcast. And uh, we look forward to uh, you know, entertaining you guys next time. So yep. until then, it's been, a pleasure to, yeah, it's been a pleasure to serve you.